This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Thursday show. You know that's the date day edition. That means Paula is in the house. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions, or because Paul is here today, your relationship questions, anything that's on your heart, all you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's six three zero five seven five seven. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app and send them to us that way. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to do that is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now button. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you, baby. It's date day. We like date day. I love date day. We got to sleep in a little bit. I didn't get up till like just before 8 o'clock. I know. I asked you, I said, did we make 8? You said, almost. I was like, yes. But you know what's really a sad state of affairs? What's that? When 8 o'clock is sleeping in. That is good for us, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Well, we will not be live next Thursday because you won't be here. Well, how come? So you'll be live. No, I'm what we do the date day show. Oh. So we do a rebroadcast of a date okay. day show because it's date day. All righty. Yeah. Sorry. So I'll be alone. Sorry, not sorry. Sam will take me to get Kentucky Fried Chicken or something. My goodness. <laughs> I told you guys about that. No. And you guys are so bad. You're so lame. You know, it's like, don't tell Paula. But then when I come home, I see the Kentucky Fried bag in the trash. <laughs> Hello. I know everything. See, don't check up on the trash. You're supposed to look in the trash. I wasn't can. looking in the trash as I come in. It's right there. I mean, you guys, if you're going to sneak. You need to be better at it. I'm not a good sneaker. No, that's good, too. So anyway, yes, a week from today is our women's retreat. Pastor Ron. And the weather's going to be okay, 60 degrees. 60's not Mm. great, but it's not horrible. We're praying for more. 70, at least, would be awesome. But it's going to be just a wonderful time. we got a lot of ladies going, but we still have room. In fact, we uh, made accommodations to get another one of the bunkhouses just in case we um, overflow you know, the numbers that we have. Um, And so we still have room for several more who want to go. And again, you guys have heard me say, Jesus is asking you out on this date personally. It sounds like Paula, but it's really (laughs) Jesus's voice. I think we must be approaching 300. I think we are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, really a wonderful thing. A lot of, um, quite a few unbelievers are coming a lot of people who, ladies, are coming for the first time. We even have some because, you know, I get all the information on my list. Uh, one lady says, I'm going, but this is my first time and I know no one. That'll that'll last about five seconds. And so, yeah, it's going to be really cool. And as you and I both know, retreats can be life-changing. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm very excited about this theme. Our guest speaker, uh, Mercedes Miller from Calvary Chapel Grapevine. And, uh, yeah, she's got a lot to say. You, you know what's sad but also thrills me at the same time 
is that there are all, now you know when when they come back and they thank me I do nothing for mm-hmm. for the retreat but but they say thank you I'll I'll never miss another one I said look you've been to this church for fifteen years you've never been to a retreat mm-hmm. well I'll never miss another one yeah but see people miss out and they don't know what they're missing out on and then when they go it's like well where have you been my whole life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'd say that all of the time. In fact, I just said that to our leadership ladies the other day in regards to our Philippines trip. So, um, yeah, you never know what you miss out on when you say no. And I can't tell you, you know, of course, I I have hindsight because every year that I go, I am more blown away than I ever expect. But what if I would have said no? You know, the ladies, when when they speak, especially after the quiet time um, it's like I really sat I was able to really sit and listen to Jesus I was really able to sit and pour out my heart because there are some people who are afraid to come they're afraid to come to a women's yeah. retreat I, you know I get that because my first two years you had to make me go <laughs> yeah Paul, um, you have to go you're in charge uh, yeah you're the pastor's wife and you know, I've already got the guest speaker. They All the girls know how to do what they're going to do, and it's already set up. So I've done my, my little bit, so why do I have to go kind of a thing. Just afraid of expectations, I guess. Um, I don't want to say anything stupid, you know, or um, I just don't, you know, I just, it was just dumb fears, irrational fears, you know, uh, who's going to be my roommate and, you know, all those all the silly stuff. And uh, the Lord's like, oh, my goodness. We're going to all be in heaven together. <laughs> let's, get, let's get it together, girl, because um, I've got some really great work for you to do. And, you know, the ladies will come. And I, I was making it a much heavier, bigger deal than it was. It's just church without guys there, basically. Well, that's no fun. It, it isn't. <laughs> I'm it teasing. isn't. I'm teasing. The same kind of fun. Yeah. It's a different fun. Um, yeah, you, you know, we're. It's only for Thursday night, all day Friday, and part of Saturday. So we can't wait to get back home to you guys. But it's a time to really get away with that one man, Jesus. Yeah, and and uh, if anybody's wondering, we. Uh, the men take care of themselves. Uh, you know, we've got the kids. Now, I don't have the kids, but, yeah, but yeah. the men have the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Friday at uh, Park in Live Oak, mm-hmm. we have what uh, they call a meet, M-E-A-T, and yes. greet. <laughs> and Yeah, and, uh, um, you know, they, they all go out after having the kids for a whole day, mm-hmm. uh, half a day on Thursday and a whole day Friday. They just go out to the park and let the kids run till they're ready to drop and eat meat and, and eat you know, <laughs> food to be cooked and and um, um, then when they get home of course they put the kids in the bedroom and they fall out mm-hmm. so um, but uh, we do that as well so um, I'm looking forward to it you know I, I, I know you will have a couple of Monday night retreat debriefs you always have. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just neat to hear the ladies say, you know, for the first time ever I heard the Lord speak to me. Yeah. Or or he answered some questions yes. that I had. Yeah. And that's why he wants to get you alone. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing too, Ron, is, <clears throat> you know, it says, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints as some are in the habit of doing. Um, those who don't go miss out on the gathering together of the saints, because those are those times when people say, oh my, I thought I was the only one going through this. But there are so many others who have already come through, um, and I've been encouraged, and they are going to continue encouraging me. And so it's just... Don't you know, miss it. That's, that's why Paul says that we serve the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles mm-hmm. so that we can comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Mm-hmm. And I like the all comfort in all of our troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you go there with with faith in your pocket, just expecting to hear from the Lord, He never disappoints. He never disappoints, yes. And you're going to find out, um, you know, when I... I was afraid to become a Christian because I thought you couldn't have fun. I thought Christians were, you know, the guys would be in three-piece suits at all times, just totally formal. The women would have, you know, just 
the perfect hair, the dresses down to their ankles, and um, the these and the vows, and you, you, you hardly cracked a smile. It wasn't just no fun. And so I didn't want to be involved in that. You know, what? That's no kind of life. But I found that Jesus has a great sense of humor. And I, I, I really believe that um, because he created each one of us and we're all unique. And, you know, somebody was saying today, you guys are just not normal. We're like, we know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, there's some that are a little bit more outgoing than others and some who aren't. Well, we balance each other out. And it's just a fun time. We have a lot of fun. There are some crazy girls, though, doing zip line and rock wall climbing. I'm not one of those. It, probably because I'm in that upper echelon of number. That's my word, huh? <laughs> 67. And so there's some who will get on there, and I'm just like, well, God bless you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, you at the, see you at the dinner hall. <laughs> it's going to be fun, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I always think of that girl... The girl lady turns out it was a, an emissary from the devil. But, but <laughs> before, but before we left California, and she said, "Well, you're a pastor's wife. You can't wear your hair like that." Oh yeah, yeah. And and she didn't know that the devil was using her, but yeah. feeding right into your fears. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so, but you've done okay. And don't you have any dresses? And and don't you play an instrument or something? I was like. I have to do all of that. <laughs> I can't just be myself and be Pastor Ron's wife. And you have to play piano. Oh my gosh! Let me get some. Yeah, so <laughs> she was wrong. Well, before you get started, and what's on your heart today? Let's go to Jimmy on line one. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, you have a Calvary Chapel on off of Bolverde, right? It's out there somewhere. I don't know what the street is anymore. No, I, I just no. I just saw it. Anyway, yeah, no, Jimmy, I mean, that's that's. that's, that's my question. Yeah, okay, just uh, one second, just just for for uh, clarification. That's a that's called Calvary Church, but it's not a Calvary Chapel. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, anyway, yeah, I know. I know the place. <laughs> my question is: When a person is truly born again and receives the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. They are not ashamed to speak about the gospel, correct? Well, they they shouldn't be, but it's not necessarily shame as much as it is fear, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things we have to realize, and and I talk so much to our people here about about this. You know, we've Paul said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel," um, um, but but the, the the truth is, we still the, the fact that we're born again um, and belong to Jesus, and we have all of the power we need to share. It doesn't mean that we're still not afraid. It doesn't mean that all of our, our our problems go away. It doesn't mean that we are changed instantly in the sense that, um, um, okay, now I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be an evangelist. So the the process of sanctification begins when we get saved, and that's a process that takes a lifetime. And Jimmy, nobody should be afraid. Uh, Paul says, "I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith, so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ." And I tell our people here all the time that if you aren't sharing, you don't get it. You don't know the treasure that you have. So um, you're right. In theory, we ought, the minute we're saved and forgiven of our sins, be so filled with gratitude that we can't stop telling everybody about Jesus. That's what happened to the apostles uh, when when uh, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's what should happen to us. But we've still got to work through our fears and things. Yeah. Once I was lost and... Go ahead, baby. Um, no, because it hurts me so much. I try to share with my mom again. Yeah. The one thing we can't do, Jimmy, is make people receive our hope. And I'm, I'm, um, I, I can hear the pain in your mm-hmm. heart, um, but uh, you know we've all got family members, people we care deeply about, and we share. They don't want to hear, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is, God will do everything He can, short of forcing them mm-hmm. to come to faith in Christ. Yeah, and you, you know what, Jimmy? Watching your life, um, you have changed so much, and so 
You know, God is faithful, as in Acts seventeen twenty six. He will put your mom in the exact place she needs to be in order for it to be easier to find him. And he loves you so much. You've been sharing, and at just the right time, our prayer is that she will ask for Jimmy's Jesus. And uh, that, that sadness will go away. It's hard, though. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless you, my friend. Thank you very, very much. Um, Paula, you just said something, and I know you've got some stuff you want to talk about. We've got a little bit of time on this this side of the break. Mm-hmm. Um, um, when you said Jimmy's Jesus, of course, yeah. that's, that's from our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like you to take a few minutes. And and unless we get a phone call to interrupt, okay. Um, share share the Cliff Notes version. What was it like being married to somebody that was cruel and ugly and didn't want anything to do with your Jesus? What was it like for thirteen years? It was uh, very painful, and it was sad. At first, it was just maddening, you know, um, because you wouldn't listen. And then the Lord said, he let me know eventually, no, you couldn't listen. Um, You just didn't want to hear uh, about Jesus because you were the captain of your own ship. And, you know, as you say, you didn't realize it was the Titanic. Um, But the the scripture where it says that the husband may be won over without words um, because the Lord needed to, had to get all the glory in your salvation um, because all the words I was saying and or thinking would not have come out right. Um, and I, I would have definitely taken the credit for you being saved. And so, um, but it was very, very painful to watch you go down. And I, I was thinking, you know what? This is a really smart guy. He remembers everything. He's so gifted, so talented, and yet he's stupid. <laughs> I almost said idiot, but I held back on that one. But he's stupid not to see that there is a creator. And, um, you know, I, I remember saying, you know, one time when I got bold, because I wasn't always bold, um, all I knew at the beginning was once I was lost and now I'm found, and then once I was blind, but now I can see. And that transition, I don't know how long it took, um, but watching you go down and down and down, stubborn man. <laughs> well, I'm still stubborn. It's just different. Yeah, you're but... you're a godly stubborn now, and that's a good thing. But you were just stubborn before. <laughs> you wouldn't or couldn't hear from me at all. And so the Lord says He won't listen to you. See, the truth is, I was watching. And absorbing, even even though I was unaware of it, and the I, the, the reference to you saying Jimmy's Jesus, um, and Jimmy, I hope this encourages you and anybody else out there who's sharing and who's waiting. We have a lot of, um, of uh, both men and women, um, people in the audience who are married to unbelievers and and dealing with a lot of pain. But when I finally got so desperate, my life had fallen completely apart. Uh, when I I was running away from home and. I called out for Paula's Jesus. I said, if you're real, I need Paula's Jesus. And that was uh, all I knew about Jesus. I had been raised in church. I had never opened the Bible. Um, And the only Jesus I knew was the one that lived in you. And and as much as I try to steal your joy, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I knew your Jesus was real. I knew he was strong. So... It, it demonstrates that I was watching, and for all of the all of you in the audience who might be married to an unbeliever and going through difficult pain, God's forcing them to watch. The Holy Spirit will use you. Just pray it doesn't take thirteen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, this is in Psalm thirty-seven, starting in verse five, where it says, "Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make your." Innocence radiate like the dawn, and this is New Living Translation because my vo- my mind goes to NIV. It's it, where it says it will make your um, anyway. Let me read it. 
you make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. You know, the Lord, like you're saying, he will make the light shine on those. But for you, Jimmy, and for me, I had to be still, this verse 7, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Um, and so be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. You know, as as your mom is getting older and you feel like the time is running out, for me, I thought Ron was going to blow up and have a, a nervous breakdown or something. He was going to lose his mind. And I thought, oh, man, Lord, you got to hurry up. you got to hurry up. you got to hurry up and save him because... Yeah, and the Lord was like, shh, 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 I'm in, I'm in control. I'm in control. I created him inside and out. I know exactly what it's going to take, and so just be still, and I will make the justice of your cause shine like the noonday sun. So, Jimmy, just relax. You know, Paul, the other side of this, and God's always at work on all sides, and the other side of this is that while you're pleading with God for me, mm-hmm. um, he's doing a complete makeover on you. Yeah, yeah. Changing you yeah. and preparing you. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there was a day you had no idea that there was going to be a day that uh, I would get saved and six months later I was going to be called to be a pastor. It was like, um, who is it? Joseph in the, in the, in the, in the jail? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he don't know what's going to happen to him. And they get him. He's like, what's happening? What's happening? They throw him in the bath, clean him all up, get him all dressed up, and he's in front of the king. That's how it felt with you when you got saved. For me. It's like, oh, my goodness, this is happening so quick. And now he's second in command. So you've been kind of... Harsh is not the right word because you're never harsh. Oh, I can be harsh. But, don't, but, yes. but, but you know, it's like, you were stubborn and you were this... Mm-hmm. But But... It, it took you 10 years for God to teach you how to pray for me. Oh, yeah. And yeah. to prepare you to be Pastor Ron's wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we hit the ground running. I yeah. When I got saved, we hit the ground running. Yeah. yeah. He had to tell me. It took a long time. I want you to be still. Because I was doing all the things, you know, going to church, not cussing anymore, you know, drinking very little. Except when you would call and on the way home. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> I had a lot of issues that the Lord had to work on me. Yeah. No. But, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, we were, we were head butters back in those days. And so now it's like we're on the same team. And uh, that, that three-chord strand is not easily broken. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was really fretting because I thought, he's going to die before he becomes a Christian. And what's going to happen to our kids? They're going to see their dad just go off the deep end. What's going to happen? And Yeah, I was fretful and wasn't trusting the Lord at all. And my behavior um, at times was off the rails as well. And so, yeah, I, I had a lot of issues. Still do. <laughs> oh no, you're perfect. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That woman God gave you. Um, I'm, I'm not blaming it on the Lord. It's just yeah. She well, has I, I remember still. one of your journal entries is is and and the Lord sort of at just the right time had Paula in a phase where she was writing all of her prayers word for word out in journal, mm-hmm. journal after journal after mm-hmm. journal, mm-hmm. and and her pain and and the, the shameful things that I was guilty of. All of that was out there on paper, and it's just a, a, a reminder. We don't look at it much. Not but, anymore. Yeah, but but we, we. it's a reminder. It's always there who I was and, and the things that you were dealing with. And in one of your journal entries, it was is you kind of getting huffy with God. I'm doing my part. Uh-huh. Why aren't you doing your All part? Proud. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I'm the good Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you zapping him and fixing him? And the Lord's like, well, uh, hello. Be still before me so I can show you who you are and why it's, you know, you're being the one, Paula. You're in the way. I was in the way. You mentioned when Jimmy called it that uh, he changed so much. Mm -hmm. But change never occurs until we realize how badly we need to change. 
until we can see ourselves where we are. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we forget, you know, Holy Spirit comes upon us in power, and, yeah. but we forget that he also comes upon us in conviction. I love conviction. And he searches our heart mm-hmm. in the deepest, deepest levels. Yeah. And um, until we allow that to happen, there can be no change. Mm-hmm. You know, the minute we think we're okay, I, I'm all that, or, mm-hmm. you know, well, I'm the good Christian, I'm doing mm-hmm. this. Well, that's when we're, we're um, in the worst possible circumstance. <laughs> and God says, no, 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 let me show you where you are. Yeah. And evidently, because it took you 10 years, yeah. you needed to get a lot of clean. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul, I, I commandeered the show for the first half hour. That's all Thank right. you, Jimmy, for putting that on, on my heart to do. Uh-huh. Hey, we'll be back on the other side of the break, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. This is the word to stand on for life, the date day show. We'll be back in two minutes. question for Pastor Ron and the word to stand on for life? You can send it to him via email at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585. Okay, Paul, now it's on you because I won't butt in anymore. <laughs> yes, you will. But we would love to have your phone calls, whatever it is yes, you that's will. on your heart. And that's that's. Perfectly okay. I love it when you Buggy? butt in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Um, Proverbs nineteen eleven. This was my uh, Pastor Lane. You know he has this thing. He's like father, like son. You drive bys, and so on Monday night he asks, or Monday afternoon he says, "Mama, we have worship practice tomorrow night." And I was like, "I know." He says, "Can you do the devotion?" I was like, "What?" <laughs> And so uh, I went to bed Monday night, and this is what the Lord asked me to speak on. So in Proverbs 19.11, and I'm going to read it in three of the translations, NIV, NLT, and New King James. So it says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. New Living Translation says, sensible people control their temper they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. New Kings James, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. And so wisdom yields patience. Sensible people control their temper and earn respect. And the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, overlooking an offense overlooking wrongs and overlooking transgressions. And as you well know, my favorite scripture is uh, Genesis fifty twenty. 20, um, but I'm going to read uh, 14 through. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to, the, to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, lying, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you. That's funny to me. They're lying to their They're lying to their, about their dead dad. Come on, man. Self-preservation, Paul. Yeah, that's how it is. So please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, and this is who I want to be. Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position 
so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. And what's that? What are you reading? What version right there? New Living Translation. Yeah, I don't like that nearly as much as what you intended for evil God used for good. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to do that. I was, I was taken when I wrote a note down when you said slow to anger mm-hmm. because the, the world that we live in is exactly the opposite of that. Yeah. We're quick to vent and we're quick to, to, to make foolish charges and, and we're always trying to protect ourselves. And Joseph, the man of God, um, one of the most godly people in all of our Bibles, um, he understood that he was just being used by the Lord. He's the one who paid the price. He's the one who made the sacrifices through all those years. But he also is the one who now is in a position as the second most powerful man in the world mm-hmm. um, because he knew and could recognize this was God's plan all along. And and if we would recognize the hand of God moving in our lives in the background, I think we'd all be a lot slower to anger and to embarrass ourselves and say things later that we need to mm-hmm. apologize for or like the brothers in that particular case, lie because, well, I got to cover my own rear end, you know, mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. instead of just saying um, what we did to you was unforgivable. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, we throw ourselves at your mercy. Yeah. You know, it says when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. That was probably the first time they attempted a, a, an apology. Um, and yet he had already forgiven them a long time ago. And again, like you're saying, just full of grace and was going to take care of them. You know, I, I was thinking, had he been vindictive, like so many of us, and he would what killed off ten tribes. It would just would have been just him and Benjamin. Is that is that is that correct? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'm you know I'm going di- to disagree with something you just said there. He'd okay. al- he'd already forgiven them. I think what happened with Joseph is that that um, in in the consequences of the false charges that were brought against him, his time in jail, being guarded. Um, uh, the difficulty, th- and, and, and then in his quick ascension to the prime minister, the equivalent of the prime minister of Egypt, um, I, I don't think he'd even thought about them. I don't think it was a thing where, well, you know, I forgive my brothers for doing this. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that really demonstrated his godly character is without having been able to think about it, without even the need to, he didn't know if his brother was still alive or his father or his, didn't know about a, a new brother or any others, he mm-hmm. asked. Uh, I just think that um, when he was confronted at that instant with the opportunity to forgive or be angry, his Christ-like character is what shone through him. So it wasn't something that he thought about. It wasn't something that he'd rehearsed. It was just, that's who he was. Mm-hmm. And consequences, suffering, sacrifice forges that in you if you allow the Lord to have his way. And and I think when we hold on to grudges or uh, when we really have to work hard to forgive somebody, uh, I think it's a lack of Christ-like character that we're battling. Yep. And so that's why I'm saying I want to be like this. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not. And my really? flesh is no good thing. I mean, my, yeah. my spirit, and I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I know that. And so if I get out of the way, that's what he will do, but by inclination. Yeah, th- but those are, those are your inner thoughts. But remember, this, as Paul says, when I sin, it's not me mm-hmm. who sins, but sin living in me. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that you have to remember. Um, you and I, we have had lots of opportunities to hold grudges. We've had lots of opportunities mm-hmm. when people take shots at our ministry or mm-hmm. what we're doing. And yet when we saw them, our heart was, yeah. welcome home. True. Welcome. So see, that's yeah. Christ-like character comes up when we need it, mm-hmm. if we spend time with Jesus. Yeah. And that's who Joseph was. That's who you are. The fact yeah. that, that you struggle with your thoughts, you've got to take those thoughts captive. We all struggle mm-hmm. with our flesh. But that's why it's so important to, to understand what Paul was saying to us when he said, look, um, I sin, but that's not who I am. Yeah. And, and um, it's sin living in me. Mm-hmm. And that's the healthy way to approach that struggle we have with our flesh. Yeah. 
You know, you said something to me in the car today about uh, a woman who just received some honor and then she committed suicide, you know. Ron, after I dropped you off here, I was thinking about that. And my old me, like you're saying, my old me would have been like, you see, you see, they're not really happy and this is what the devil wants. But the spirit in me was like, she's gone forever and she's not with the Lord, probably. And she led so many people down that wrong road. And there's no turning back now. Um, Fighting for rights to live your own way when the Lord says, but it's my will that you should live a holy life. And and people just want to rebel against that and do their own thing. And she's got these accolades, and yet she commits suicide. Yeah, and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but just by way of explanation, there was a a, a trans woman who uh, is a writer, a very acclaimed writer of a of a Netflix or Apple TV show or something, got some awards, and she seemingly was at the top of her game. Um, but the problem is she's not really a she. And, you know, we think, well, well, I'll just be true to me. I'll find my own truth and live it. The problem is there's never any satisfy, satisfaction there. And, and she killed herself. And, um, you know, it just you can't fight Jesus. You just can't. Yeah. That just made me so sad. Yep. I, was, I was sort of kind of almost proud of the Holy Spirit living in me because, you know, there's that scripture in heaven says that for about 30 minutes he'll just be weeping, you know. Um, instead of the old poem would be just like, well, that's what you deserve, you know. No, Jesus loves everybody and uh, he didn't want that. Anyway. See, you you got you to remember that's who you really are because yeah. you hang out with Jesus. Yeah. Let's take a phone call. we got Ray calling on line two from San Antonio. Ray, thank you for being patient. You're on the air. Boy, if I was a doctor, I'd be real happy. So much patience, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, I have a, it puzzled me and and a little bit concerning because you're going to be doing a rebroadcast on date day a week from today, and you've mentioned often that uh, the youngins come in and. Uh, check out your questions that have been sent in, and I wondered if on date day do they come in, and are there more uh, ladies than young men? And that was the first part. I, I don't know why that concerned me, but I thought, well, they're probably not going to be able to come in next week. <laughs> well, well, let me so answer I, your question I, real quickly. Let me Ray, answer and, your question and, before you go on. We had they do come in on date day. They come in every day at, at uh, about ten to four, can, and can today I, we must have had twenty of them. And and uh, but next Thursday we will not be having school because of the the women's retreat. So uh, they won't be coming in Thursday or Friday because we won't be having school. So now you can run with that, Ray. Right, right. Well, you were breaking up when you answered me, and I was going to say, let me pose my second one so I could hear you on the radio. Oh, okay. At, at any rate, my second question was, and, and I've held off calling this in because I didn't know how frivolous it was, but uh, when when uh, the uh, Garden of Eden and the fig leaf covering themselves and the next thing we see is they're in, in clothed in animal skin. Do you think that possibly that was a lamb, or you know what what animal was the first sacrifice? And I want to get off the phone and listen on the radio. Okay, Ray. Thank you very very much. Um, in case you missed it, Ray, uh, what I said about the other was our kids won't be in school next Thursday, Friday because of the women's retreat. So they wouldn't be in here anyway. So no problem. But they do come in on date day. We love watching mm-hmm. these kids come in and mm-hmm. fussing about who's going to pray. And it's mm-hmm. just great. Um, I'm I'm going to guess, and, and, and all I can do is guess, I'm going to guess that it was a lamb skin um, that uh, was sacrificed, Ray. But we really don't have any way 
of knowing for sure. Here's what I do know for sure. Uh, in fact, I talked about this last night uh, in our Genesis uh, study. Um, um, Adam was given dominion over all of the animals, large, small insects. You know, if 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 they had little bugs that were pests, uh, Adam could say, "Don't bug me," and they wouldn't bug him. <laughs> and you know, so so he, they were all like pets to him. I mean, it was a perfect unfallen world that we can't even begin to imagine. Paula would say, no mosquitoes in the Garden of Eden. Oh, yeah. But the idea here is that they were his pets. And when God wanted to make a point, you can't cover yourself in a fig leaf, Adam. Your sin has separated you from me. Now you who are alive forever, you, you now have died. So there must be an offering, a sacrifice for your sins. And when God would have told him to take one of his pets and cut his throat, and then skin the animal. The, the noises of the, the, the animal being slain, even, um, again, we're dealing with an unfallen world that we can't even imagine, but, but, but even the look of the animal, as, as that lamb, if that's what it was, looked into Adam's face. Why are you doing this to me? I mean, Adam, believe me, he and Eve got the message that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And that's when they would have understood just how serious a matter sin is. I wish we in our culture, Paula, would understand how serious sin is. We treat it so cavalierly. We treat it as though it's no big deal or we uh, rationalize, well, God understands my needs. Um, if, If every time that we sinned, we had to kill an animal, and listen to that animal scream and watch the life drain from its body, I think that would have an impact on us. Well, Jesus was the lamb. And it was his body that was drained of life. It was his blood that was shed. And we need to remember that when we treat sin so lightly. Yeah. I remember one time, Ron, we were at a theater, coming out of a theater or going into a theater in, in a Palm Desert. And I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, I just remembered I must have had a bad attitude about something. And all of a sudden, I could see myself holding the hammer that nailed Jesus' hand on the cross. You know that. And it was like, oh, my. That was worse than killing an animal to me at that moment. But it just hit me like a ton of bricks that day. Um, and I wish I could say that when I sin, though it's not me who sin, it's sin living in me, um, that impact, I need to remember that impact at all times so that sinning won't be so cavalier like, oh, his grace will forgive me. Mm. You know, you know, Paula, we're, we're in the season uh, leading up to, to Easter now. And um, one of the things that we do here at Calvary Chapel that has always, it, it never ceases to impact me, is our Good Friday service. Yeah. Um, and, and people walk in, and we have a big wooden cross that we put at the front of the church. And as people walk in, they're in line, and we get a piece of paper for them to write down sins that they're struggling with or something they're guilty of and, and um, you, you know, some area of disobedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we give them an opportunity to, to while they're in that line waiting, uh, to repent of that sin and then nail it to the cross. And all during the worship that night, um, we've got people coming in and constantly get the beautiful music and the worship going on. Mm-hmm. But through it all, you get the pounding of those nails mm-hmm. on that cross. And um, it is um, a really impactful on the people here over the years at Calvary Chapel. Then we, we take that cross to the, the auditorium uh, where our, our Easter service is. Uh, we take it with us with all of those pieces of paper nailed to the cross. And uh, we set it up, and throughout the message, I'll make reference to all those things that you nailed that cross because of the empty tomb mm-hmm. are gone. Yeah, yeah. On, on that Friday night, the cross is draped with uh, purple uh, drape, and then on the next day, well, on Sunday, on Sunday. At, um, it's draped with a white one because he took all those sins and died with them and raised 
to life. So, you know, that the past, present, and the future sins have all been taken care of, and yet year after year, we need to remember. Actually, mm-hmm. we need to day by day remember who we are and what he has done um, and say, Lord, please forgive me that I'm a sinner. And for those sins that we just continue to continue to continue to make excuses for, that we would stop. Yeah, and, and we're talking, you know, we're not murdering people typically, but we talk badly about them. Yeah. Um, Christians were told to, to, to have godly speech. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I both, we run into people who are professing Christians all the time who, who uh, can't seem to speak without throwing in four-letter words all the time. Oh, it's no big deal. God knows my heart. Well, that, that ought to terrify them that God knows mm-hmm. their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we can get into more serious sin in the sense that people are committing sexual immorality and, and you know, expecting, well, God will forgive me kind of thing. Uh, we, we run into people all the time in church professing Christians. We find them coming in, new people to the church, and they're living together. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you know you're not supposed to say, well, yeah, but, you know, we're, we, we can't afford to move or we can't. No, you've got to hate your sin. Yeah. And until you hate it, God is unable to do the work in your heart that he wants to accomplish. And, and um, I think one of the good things about our Good Friday, I always call it Terrible Friday, mm-hmm. but one of the things about that service, that pounding of the nails, reminds us that you know, we got to stop lying. We got to stop cussing. We got to stop drinking. We got to stop doing the things that we know separate us from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I hear those nails being pounded in, and uh, I immediately go to Golgotha and and think about what it sounded like when they pounded those nine-inch nails through the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and and the 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 rows of other people who were hung on those crosses, you know. Like you said one time, don't mess with Texas. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> don't mess with Rome, for don't sure. Don't mess with Rome, but the seriousness yeah. of our sin, you know. We don't take it seriously enough, and I need to. Yes, last night you, in, your, in the study you were saying um, that Jesus wants us to have his perspective, to love everybody, even those who irritate us to the nth degree because Jesus looks at them with love because he created them. And so because they're in our lives, the Lord has allowed them to be. You need them in your life. The people that are irritating (laughs) you the most are the people God says, well, you need this person. I got some rough edges on you Mm -hmm. to deal with. And, And he uses those irritating people. Yeah. Yeah. To show me just how irritating I, <laughs> I really can. What do you think we'd do, Paul? Do you think we'd change if Jesus appeared to us and said, "You know, you irritate me as much as that person irritates you"? Yeah. I thought you loved me, Lord. I do, but that's why you irritate me. Yeah. I want these ugly things out of your heart. Yeah. And the only way those ugly things get out of our heart is is as we become more Christ. Like I said last night at the end of that particular portion of the study, mm-hmm. that no love, no spirit. Yeah. No love, no power. Yeah. yeah. And you can kid yourself, well, well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. They did this, they did that. Yeah. There's no power of the Holy Spirit in your life at all yeah. as long as that's your approach. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I it's like you're saying, some of those same said people who have really tried to hurt with the websites and the bad things and the horrible texts and all those kind of things. It's like, but that's okay. It's kind of like what Shimmy, I was able to throw rocks and dirt at David. And he said, you know, maybe, maybe God's just leave him alone. God will take care of it in the end if it's not right. But you know, it's probably good for me. I haven't been all that great. I wasn't a great father. My kingdom was kind of like my son's got it. And so it's all right. Let it, let it happen. And, and God took care of it in the end. But, you know, I want to keep my hands down, heart open. Hello, hey, there it is again. Because the Lord has said that over the years, keep your hands down, your heart open. You will be hurt again, but it's okay. You'll live. And, and to love people anyway, that maybe <laughs> in the long run they'll say, 
she was always still so nice to me, even though I was just such so mean to her. Do, do you think God ever ever says something like, "Boy, these humans are wimps." <laughs> <laughs> they got to toughen up a you little know, bit. You uh, know, they talked, they said a bad word about me. <laughs> How can they? And he took all of our sins and oh, the, the scourging that he had to go through. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, we're wimps. Well, we're just about one minute left in the program, Paula. What do you want to share? Okay, Psalm 8610, you know, only you, God. It's only you. If we could just focus on him who created the heavens and the earth, who created us for his good pleasure. If we could remember where we've been created for his good pleasure, not necessarily our own, what our perspective would be like just would be awesome. So Psalm 8610, only you, God. So please come to the retreat, ladies. We still have room. Um, if you can't afford it, please pray, get in the car, and still come, because God will take care of it. Um, we always say here, pay what you can, and Jesus will take care of the rest. Put the rest on Pastor Ron's tab. Put the rest on Pastor Ron's tab. Yes. Thank you, Pastor Ron. Because, <laughs> you know, can you can you hook me up? No. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. So please come. March 5th through the 7th, Camp Buckner. Call the church at 210-658-8337. Go online at calvarysa.com and register. It's too late for you to order a T-shirt, but I did order some extras of all sizes, so maybe maybe you could still get one. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. See you next month. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.